Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, so if you're interested in even more of me, you might want to head over and get my free workbook. And if you've already got that, make sure you subscribe because my emails every week are straight up truth and soul. Don't miss out. Okay. So today's episode, I'm really excited about, you know, I kind of follow my curiosities on who I have on and who I find interesting. And so Spencer Lane Artistry on Instagram has jumped out at me for a while now. And even before her latest move and leaving her independent solo suite and going more towards a collaborative co-working space. I was already interested in her, but this latest move has like brought my curiosity level to a new height because I love people when they have chapters in their careers and they own them and they appreciate them and they learn from them and they continue to evolve and they continue to grow. And so Spencer, thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to hear more about your story. Thank you for having me. I've been following you for a while. So I was like excited when you asked me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you because I definitely think, you know, like we focus a lot on going independent, a lot of people wanting to like have more ownership in their lives and that can look really different for different people. And I'm so interested in like the evolution of your career and how for you kind of you know, making these changes, how it's going to honor your life more, because it doesn't always look like going independent and being alone in order to do that. So fire away. And I think it's so interesting because like honoring your life, you know, my life changes all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So like my needs change all the time, but like kind of my background, I've been doing hair behind the chair for about 10 years now. I worked in a traditional commission salon for the first six years of my career And it was great. We were an awesome team and until it wasn't. And it was no longer fun. I wasn't growing. I like didn't have the support that I felt or leadership that I felt like I needed. And I think that's one of the most important things in stylists going independent is they already feel alone. So why won't they just work alone? Like that's kind of that mentality I feel like I had. And I finally said, okay, I'm leaving my friends. I'm leaving all of this behind. I'm going to go do my thing. And like, there was no one to help me at all. Like there was no coaching. It was kind of that time in 2018, the mass exodus from commission salons into stylists going independent. And clearly like there was some kind of collective thinking that we all had there. And Mm -hmm. I opened my first suite and it was teeny tiny and I loved it. It was great. Um, 2018 was like the best year of my life by far. And then I got really ahead of myself and I decided to size up into a double suite. And um, that was way harder than it looks (laughs) like way harder. And mind you, I did this all like over the course of a weekend basically. So I, I didn't outfit the suite. I like painted it and slapped some stuff up on the wall and said, okay, we're good. Like I can do hair. It's fine. Um, so it wasn't a space that I loved. It wasn't a space that I felt inspired in. It was functional. And I guess I never realized the importance of like having a space that truly inspires you. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
and like being in an environment that just makes you feel safe and at home. I, I never understood the importance of it. Um, so in 2019, my health really started to completely take a nosedive. And I had seen a couple of different doctors who really just didn't care. You know, it's not that they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. It's that they like, didn't even care to find out. They were just like, oh, lose weight, drink more water, be more active. And it's like, no, I actually just have no hormones in my body, you know? So mm-hmm. I couldn't work. I was so tired that I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't work. And I was just so sick all the time. And I let go of my assistant. I finally went to my landlords who were slumlords, mind you. Um, I went to my landlords and I said, I can't pay the rent on this space anymore because I was just, I was, I was floundering. I was completely drowning. And I moved back down into a smaller space, worked there, I think, I don't even remember when I did that. I think it was maybe December of 2019. And I moved back down into a smaller space and worked there until recently and decided that I, after quarantine and post, you know, living in post-pandemic world and post-corona world, I was so sad and so lonely. And so I really needed to be surrounded by, I remembered that feeling of being surrounded by other creatives and other women that inspire you and, you know, build you up and cheer you on and want to see you succeed. And one of my girlfriends came to me and she said, Hey, I'm doing this really ballsy thing right now. I'm going to open a hair salon. And I was like, all right, I, I trust you. Let's go do it. So I closed my suite and decided to move into her booth rental space. That's so cool. And I think it's so almost like, opposite of what a lot of people are doing right now. And even as you were talking, I'm like, I'm afraid with the pandemic that it's gotten so sexy to be independent. Like it did in 2018. Like I think right now people are jumping ship left and right. And I think that it's like, wait, pause, slow down. Your direction matters more than your speed. And what you're saying about like going, okay, well, like you start kind of, kind of following the momentum and it's like, okay, I want a bigger space and I want this. And it's like, next thing you know, you are in over your head and mm-hmm. like knowing yourself and knowing what lights you up is your path. It's not someone else's. So I love that like during this time, you're like, wait, I don't get to be social. I don't get to go out really anymore. So when I do, I want to be around inspired people. I think that's so insightful. It, you know, and I forgot what that feeling was like. I was so miserable and so angry by the end of my time at my previous salon. And I, I see now that that was, that was me, you know, like I was done with that, that time in my life and I was ready to close the chapter and move forward. But when I did that, I took such a far left turn and didn't take the time to sit and think about, the, th- the things that I would need. I was doing what everyone else was doing because I was jealous because I wanted control of my life. And I felt like I had no control in my life. And I never thought about what the, what I would feel like at the end of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I love what you're saying because I feel like I've done this too. Like you almost become a reaction to where you were at mm-hmm. initially. It's like you were so unhappy. You're like, or like, so, you know, taking on the the cultural, whatever energy that you're like, well, I'm never going to be around anyone again. So I'll never get hurt. 
or I never. And it's like, well, that's not really making going to make that doesn't end up making you happy because look where it lands us. Look where it landed me. You know what I mean? It's like we're meant to do life in community, whatever that looks like for you. So I think that's so interesting. So when you talk about like you didn't have anyone to help you, you felt like so when you went independent, what were some of the things that ended up being huge contributing factors to your health? So like I had the money to furnish this space, which was great. That was awesome that I had set myself up to do that. But like you see all these photos of the beautiful suites that people have now and like the custom cabinetry and, you know, all of and it's well-designed and everything like that. Like I didn't have any of that and I'm not good at that stuff. <laughs> so, um, I just kind of winged it and, you know, I would have everything shipped to my parents' house because, you know, they live like 40 minutes away and I would go and work a 12 hour day at my commission space. I would go out to my parents' house because I couldn't have all these gigantic boxes sitting outside of my apartment all day. And I would, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, go to my parents, pack up my like little 2008 Suzuki Forenza and just like drag ass down the highway back, you know, and work until one o'clock in the morning, just trying to figure out how I was going to do this and how I was going to make it work. Um, you know, like no one helped me move. No one helped me do any of that because it was all a big secret. And, um, I was just living in this own misery of being absolutely exhausted and hating my job and just trying to stay afloat and just trying to continue to do hair in an environment that like, wasn't good for me. You know, so I feel like that energy, the energy I spent doing that, I should have just asked for help, you know, and I should have called on the people that I knew would help me. And I, I had to take all that on by myself. And all of a sudden, you know, I remember I finally went to a doctor in that time and I told her, I was like, I don't know if I'm tired because I'm depressed or if I'm depressed because I'm tired. And she just said, lose weight here, have an antidepressant. You work a stressful job. Like, you you know, you should take a vacation. And I'm like, yeah, I know that, (laughs) but (laughs) there's something really wrong here. And so I just continued to skate by on the bare minimum for a whole year. And I was making great money, which was awesome, but I hated my space. It it wasn't bringing me joy. And so my health just continued to decline. Yeah. And like, did you have any troubles with like, with um, just like the relationship, the scheduling, all that stuff, or was it more just the way that you were working? What with clients? Yeah, like did it did all that add to the stress of it or did you find that, For that sure. wasn't a huge Yeah. Well, so it got to this point. So I started dating my now fiance the year I opened my That's business. Hilarious. Yeah, I like also built this relationship at the same time. And I'm so lucky that I have the most supportive partner on the planet and any crazy idea he I have. He's like, okay, we can make that happen. I'm like, cool. Well, um, he's working towards being an influencer, correct? Oh, God. <laughs> he's going <laughs> He's going to love this. Now he's going to love this. Um, no, so John has declared himself an influencer. He's just decided that he is one. 
And it is, I think I'm the funny part of this narrative because I make off like I hate it so much and it's so stupid and ridiculous. But honestly, I think he's the funniest person that I've ever met. Honestly, I think that's why we connected on Instagram. You shared something of his and then I was like, okay, he's hilarious. And you were like, oh my God. He's just, he's just himself. And, you know, I totally support him being himself. He has supported me in every crazy thing I've ever done. And he's, you know, painted walls and built shelves and done all the things. So the least I could do is support this imaginary influencer career. Yeah, no. So do you think that he he's someone who like taught you how to ask for help? Oh, yeah. I still struggle with it. So his love language is acts of service. And okay. for me to accept that meant that I couldn't do it all. And I had to admit to myself that I couldn't do it all. And I still struggle with it where I'm like, no, I'm a burden if I ask for help. And I think a lot of women have that anxiety um, in general about like feeling like a burden. And it's like, no, you're not, you're, you're a burden when now all of a sudden you have 25,000 problems that you created because you didn't ask for help to begin with. Yeah. And you're resentful and an asshole by the end of it. Right. You know, like that's kind of how I did life. And like when you were talking about moving, when I moved to this, my latest studio, same thing. I didn't want anyone's help, but then I also had a lot of pride around, like, if someone were to be like, did anyone help you? Like, I would have, like, shot up and been like, no. And then I would, no, like, stay for my a own. long time. Right, and then I'd be like, come on, keep the compliments coming because got to fill this tank up somehow. And that's just ego because, like, you, like, <laughs> none of the stuff you did validated you. You just wanted other people to validate you. And that's exactly how I felt. You know, so I, my, so many people in our industry. Oh, and like we create this false narrative in our industry. And I think that's one of the more toxic parts of this industry is we create this false narrative that like no one helped us. We had no money. We were broke and blah, blah, blah. And like, yes, we're all broke, you know, but we've got to start asking for help because we're all exhausted. Well, and it needs to stop being a badge of honor. Like, right. like, it's like, I feel like we wear that around. It's like, oh, hey, Spence, it's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was I'm a busy. shit show back there. It's like, yeah. It's like, why, why is that? Like, why do we look at, to me in the past, if I'm being really honest, that was a badge of honor to show like, that's why I get to be where I am today, which I feel like gets, it gets it, like the whole point gets lost in that. Right. And like, now you're not even proud about what you're doing. You're proud about this like facade that you've put on, you know? Well, And also we're almost, I wonder if we're um, just in a weird way trying to make sense of how much we've like neglected and make excuses for like, I know like our personal lives, like, is it almost like all this is to just kind of keep, keep us feeling okay about what we've sacrificed in the process and to not feel shame or guilt around that. And can you talk about like how you did, how you have felt like in the past you neglected that part of your life? So I tell this story often. My first boss ever um, told me that I should always tell my clients when they ask how I am, I should say, Oh my God, we're so busy. Or I should never say that I should never talk about like my free time or what I do in my free time. I should always talk about how busy and wonderful the salon is. And that mentality always stuck with me. 
So I never, you know, I always made out to my clients, like my career and my job were my entire life. And then by the time I got to like 27, 28, my career was my entire life and I had nothing else. And that was my entire identity. And I just, I had to stop. I had to take a second and, and say, Hey, you need to diversify your sources of self-esteem here because this career isn't going to sustain you for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah. I think that that's what, I mean, that happened to me at 30 after like 12 years. Like, it's like almost like we're so into it and the passion fuels in the beginning, but next thing you know, you literally, it's all you have. Right. And, you know, going back to, you were talking about scheduling and stuff like that. Like I did everything. I fought online booking for years and I had every excuse, you know, all the same excuses that everyone else has. I'm not going to do really specialty work on different people. I'm different, stuff like that. you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm different. I don't want to, I don't want these people to take control of my schedule when really that's just an excuse for you not to put in the work to like make your service description so fine tuned that they can't get it wrong. And Right. You know, so it got to a point where John was just like, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep answering emails until 11, 12 o'clock at night. Like I would, you could feel my shoulders were up to my ears whenever a client would email me. And that was my fault. I ended up being so resentful and hateful because I was getting texts and emails, but like, how else were they supposed to communicate with me? Yeah. I set that up. Yeah. And do you think that you got a lot of your significance from it? I felt really important. I did. I felt like I'm special. Me too. You know? And oh, Mm -hmm. these people really want me and they really need me. And yes, to an extent they do, but at the end of the day, I'm a service provider. That's my job. That's not who I am as a human being. And I was investing all of my self-worth into how my clients felt about me. Yeah. And when I stopped to take a look around and I, you know, I truthfully, I was even to the point that I was looking at other careers because I stopped to look around and said, okay, well, I've done it and I'm still not happy and I don't know what else to do. I just realized like, I'm not even a person anymore. I'm just a service provider. (laughs) And so when I stopped and I just said, you know what? My, my job is my job and my life is my life and it's time to separate the two and figure out who I am. Yeah, that's so interesting because I've found for me as well as I've gotten healthier and I've gotten the self-awareness around very similar things as you mm-hmm. about like, wow, like I really have just been Lindsay the colorist and I feel like beyond Lindsay in that environment, I'm not really comfortable with myself because I don't know myself. And as I've gotten healthier and as I've learned who I am, I've found that, that those two things, the personal and the professional for me need to live separately more so than I think a lot of people. And so for instance, like I'm getting ready to have a baby and it's like, I could have my baby today. And I don't think I'll ever post on social media about my baby. Like I, I feel like what has come out of 
like not knowing who I am and not having a strong sense of self is like figuring out like how it's going to work best for me. And so it's so interesting how you said you had to separate them because I found that I did too, because I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't think I know how to do it together and have it be healthy and honor me. Exactly. I wasn't honoring me because I didn't even know me. I didn't like me. Certainly. Um, you know, early in my career, I was that hairdresser that like worked 12 hour days. I did great work. I was booked for, you know, 12 weeks and everyone loved it. And it was so cool. And I got praised, but I was going out and drinking every night, every single night I was spending hundreds of dollars drinking. And it was because I didn't want to have to go home and sit with myself because I had nothing. I didn't know what I was interested in. I had no hobbies. I, I only liked myself when I was drinking. And so, you know, now that I'm almost 30 and, you know, I don't really drink anymore and I have this, my home and my family and, you know, I have my fiance and my stepson and it, I just have so much more to like about myself now that I, I want to protect it. And I, I don't need to share it with my professional image. Does that? Yeah, no, totally. And I feel like that is like, when I look back, even, even when my, my partnership was ending and my salon was closing, like I would still like clinging to that life. Like I'd be like, I walked to get to Walgreens and I got us a six packs with me and my partner. And it's like, do you want to drink with me after work? We'll sit in our business chairs. Like I was clinging so hard to that because I still like wanted to like, like I'd still, I, I didn't want to let go of that, even though it was kind of old, it was all holding me back. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it, when I was still doing that, I would go out and party all night, get up at seven o'clock in the morning, like drink a cup of coffee, not drink any water all day. And like, this is gross, but I smoked cigarettes at the time too. Like smoke two cigarettes, like, all right, let's go to work. Let's do it. And I never thought for a second that that life would catch up with me. And now that I have, you know, a chronic illness, um, I can't do any of those things anymore at all. So now I have to sit at home with myself and recognize that like, this is who you are. This is okay. And you're allowed to leave your work at work. And when you have a suite, when you have your own, you know, And technically, like, yes, I'm self-employed. I still have my own business, you know, but when you have a suite, it's so much different. And just like, it's so much different when you have a suite versus when you own a salon. Okay, Spencer, we were so rudely disconnected, but you were saying just how having your own place and having your own studio, like that, you know, that it can be really different. And like, you do have to be a self-starter and you do have to try and like you have to motivate yourself. It's kind of like the people that are struggling to work from home right now. Like they like going into an office and someone leading them. So I think that that's just a real reality of it that I think, I think it's cool that you mentioned. Yeah. Like I, for a long time working in my previous salon, I felt like I was a self-starter because I did feel alone. And then I come to realize though, by working by myself for two years, not only am I not a self-starter, I thrive really in a very, in a competitive environment. Um, so there's a learning style called gamification that I didn't know was a learning style. And one of my teacher friends taught me that. And when there's a game that I get to win where I can compete against other people, that's where I am at my best. And 
to not have that and to only have yourself to look at in the mirror, that was just, it was miserable for me. And, you know, I learned a lot about myself in the two and a half years that I was doing yeah, this. No, you know? I say that going independent is kind of like the biggest like self-discovery journey you can take because you're just like face to face with yourself. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's for everyone. And like, I always say like, if someone listens to this and decides it's not for them, then as much as it, someone decides it's for them, like, then I feel like this has done its job, this podcast. Cause it's like, you're, you, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's not one way to success and there's not one way. It's like, what is it for you? And, um, I'd love to hear more about like what your setup is like in your current space. Cause I think it's so, I don't know. I find it so refreshing the way that you like framed it and the way that you were like, it's been a good run. It made me so like, you know, there's no, there's no medal at the end of this for staying on a path that doesn't honor you. And I sometimes think we don't want to be look like losers. We don't Mm -hmm. want to look like failures. And I know when things end, like, it's like reframing that to be like, no, it's just the next step in my journey versus like, you know, some people would gut something out because of how it could look. And I just, I admire people and I'm drawn to people that are like, Hey, it was a good run. Now I'm hanging a left here. So tell us about like, like how, how it's feeling today. Like, I think it's funny that you are like, okay, well, she closed this chapter on her life. And I think that's what no one teaches hairdressers either is that like your life changes every year. If you decide that like something isn't for you anymore, good, awesome. Your clients don't care. They, They love you. They support you. Like they don't see you as a failure. And when I told my clients that I was like, oh, I'm just like, I feel so stupid. I feel like such a failure. They were like, you could do hair in a back alley. Like, yes. we don't care. It's fine. Um, and they were so like, they were like, oh, good. Wonderful. You're just pivoting to make yourself happier. So I, my friend Mariah, who owns um, the Good Hair Club, a stylist collective, you know, she manifested her dream space and we had kept an eye on it for years. We've been friends for a super long time. And it happened to come available as soon as the world shut down. And she said, you know what? I have the money. I'm going to do it. And so, you know, I was super supportive of her as best as I could. And John helped her with some contracting work and her and her husband built out the whole thing. Um, There are five chairs, including hers right now and two shampoo bowls and you know, I just pay a weekly rent to work there. I provide all of my own chemicals. She provides me with back bar and retail. And I leave every day thinking, okay, it's all tied up. Everything's good to go. I can leave all of this here and just go home. She provides all of my back bar and retail, um, like, and wet line and things like that. And at the end of the day, everything is all tied up. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I don't have to deep clean the salon every, you know, three or four days. I just close the door and go home. And it's wonderful. And um, also just to, to work with someone and near someone that you've watched them thrive and you've been friends. And, you know, we sat and had a long conversation about compartmentalizing the piece of our, pieces of our relationship. And we're very good at that. Um, she is my friend in certain places and she is my landlord in other places and my coworker in other places. So compartmentalizing that relationship has um, really benefited us. Yeah. And I love 
what you said about like, we're not really taught how to like have different chapters because I, I totally feel that too. And I, I think it's so refreshing to be seeing people that are like stepping into new places and, you know, we kind of, I think the old school mentality is like, well, what, what, what happened? Like the drama of it, as opposed to being Mm -hmm. like, I can tell you what happened. I'm not 19 anymore. I'm a 33 year old woman. Like, what do you think? Right. But it becomes this, there's like this energy behind it of like, that I think that sometimes it's like, like we have as industry made it like, like this thing when it's like, this should be the natural, everyone should be evolving. Everyone should be changing it. And like the way that we feel like we can't change for our clients. I feel like that is, it's like that. I that's so real for me too, because it's like, what are they going to say? How am I going to explain this? And it's like, it's always fine. Right. And I've talked to other people about this before. It's this imaginary story that we tell ourselves that like we are super important to these people. And really, like they just want to know the shallow part of it. They don't really care that like, oh, I went through this huge, you know, transformative life experience where I learned so much about myself and I gained wisdom. They just like, they, they just want to know the shallow part of it. You know, it's yeah, this imaginary like, hey, there's a bracelet. Yeah. There's a bracelet. It's for peace. I know you've been on this peace journey. I think it's really cool. Like if people give right. me like little things like that, it's like, we make it so much more. Right. And, and that is, that is ego, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with having ego, you know, and I think that's another thing that we've also like vilified, you know, is having ego, but you have to kind of check it sometimes and say, wait a minute, I'm really not that important. Like I'm important to me, so I'm going to take care of me, but these other people, it's fine. Like they don't need to know all of these things. Um, Or have a say in it or get to share their, you know, we think that they're going to share their opinion about like, well, what are they going to think about me? They don't think about you (laughs) is the thing. Well, Um, what you're saying, it's just like we, we end up not getting, we get our, our self-worth kind of externally validated. mm -hmm. And so then when it comes down to it, we need, we need everyone to weigh in, to feel good about it, as opposed to just having that inner self-confidence, that inner self-worth to be able to be like, this is the right thing for me. And I trust that you'll get that. Exactly. And it's so challenging to be in an industry that, you know, transformed people on the outside and then to have this deep inner work that you have to do all while doing this thing that, you know, pays your bills and transforms people on the outside. It's a dichotomy that you kind of have to live with. And Ooh, um, that's good. I've never heard that. Yeah. It, you know, cause I, I don't necessarily think the beauty industry is shallow in changing how people look on the outside because we make people look on the outside, how they feel on the inside. And I think a lot of us are very intuitive and we're not aware of how intuitive we actually are. And yeah. so when we have to do our own deep inner work, it's really uncomfortable to go and like paint some highlights in someone's hair while you're going through this terrible, awful thing on the inside. Yes. So do you think that that's, do you think that sometimes we can like distract ourselves possibly for a decade Mm. with these highlights? Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, I mean, how great is it to post that photo on Instagram and all of your hairdresser friends just think you're awesome, but they don't realize that you were crying in between those highlights processing because you're just sad. 
and mm-hmm. you know they don't care. I, I you have to be able to live with yourself, and it just got to this point when I was by myself that I couldn't fake it anymore, and I couldn't pretend like I was happy anymore. I wore it all over me. And so when I started this process of getting my health under control and getting my chronic illness under control and taking care of myself more, um, it just became so crystal clear for me that like, oh, I don't have to say somewhere that I'm, I'm not thriving and I'm not happy. No one's going to care if I go do this other thing. Why don't I just go do it? And I already proved that I could make a, a shift like that in my career once. Why can't I do it again? Yeah. And so like with your new setup, how have you had to structure it differently for your health? Or have you just found like the way you're approaching it, the environment, like you spoke a lot about like the environment, has that been like the key thing? Or has there been some other things along the way that you've had to like mindset wise adapt or skills you've had to learn to be able to show up in a healthier way? Um, it's funny because my actual physical space is a lot better. Um, so with my chronic illness, it tends to come with low vitamin D. And so I take a supplement for that. But now I have a whole front wall of windows. And so I see sunshine all day. And it's really incredible what that can do for not only your physical health, but your mental health. You're not like in this cave of a suite anymore. And because my suite had no windows, it was just like an, a shared suite environment. Yeah. Um, So not only was my physical environment changed where I like see sunshine, I see people, I see what, what's going on outside. Um, But I also no longer work Saturdays. I don't work late anymore. I know my, and I only work four days a week. I know what my threshold is and I know when it's, when a flare up is starting to come, (sighs) I, I can't work the way that I used to. And it's because by the end of the day, not only will I be on the ground exhausted, you know, and we make jokes about it as hairdressers that like, if you're not on the ground, like ankle swollen and exhausted by the end of the day, you didn't do a good job that day. No, that will take me down and out for two weeks. And yeah. I can't, I can't do that anymore. So yeah, I know what my threshold like is. I don't, I don't like that humor about our industry. I hate it. It actually bothers it's, me a lot. It bothers me a lot too. And I'm glad that we've actually started talking about it more. We started talking about the drinking, about, you know, the stereotypes of like the party hairdresser. Um, we started doing a lot more internal and soul searching work. And I love seeing these people pop up, these hairdressers pop up that they want to help make hairdressers healthy instead of telling them that like, good luck. I haven't taken a lunch break in 12 years, you know? Yes. Like that needs to stop being like, like when we learn and do better, we shouldn't want other people to suffer like we suffered so that we can feel better about our suffering. It's like, no, like pull someone up with you. There's no glory in this grind. If you can help people avoid this, let's do it. It to me, it feels like my duty to send the elevator back down and to teach other younger baby hairdressers that like you don't have to suffer to work in this job and you are allowed to have autonomy over yourself and your body and you are allowed to sit and take a lunch break, you know, and 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 take care of yourself. I, I never found the culture of, you know, work until you die 
to be funny. And it bothers me that we share like memes about it and we make jokes about it. Like, I don't, I just don't want to be a part of that anymore. Yeah. And like the other one that really bothers me is the, like, we're cheaper than therapists. Like if I'm doing this deep inner work and I'm transforming your hair, I want to cost more than your therapist. So funny story. I actually talked to my own therapist about that. (laughs) And I like, I think this is hysterical because I told her that, you know, when I told her I was a hairdresser, she was like, well, what kind of conversations do you have with your clients? And I told her and she goes, oh my God, people plug into you all day long and they siphon off of you. They, they leave all of their crap with you and they feel great after they feel awesome. And meanwhile, you are left with it. And we have nowhere to put it, you know, so when people say, oh, you're cheaper than a therapist. No, we need the same coping skills and the same kind Mm of um, dealing with with that, dealing with taking on other people's trauma the way that therapists do. Um, We do not, (laughs) we do not get paid enough for the kind of energy that people leave with us. And I love that people feel great after they leave us, Mm -hmm. but if you're not taking care of yourself, you are left with everything that they just left you with. Right. Cause we don't, we don't get trained on that. It's like the no. training involved for a therapist to be able to take that energy, almost put it in a box metaphorically or whatever, or you know, like I've had so many people on talking about washing your hands or different things you do, going to get water, picturing like mm-hmm. people's energy coming off of you. I've had psychics tell me this, like yeah. Lindsay, you are drained at the end of the day. And so I I feel like we, you know, just the awareness was not there for so many years around what mm-hmm. was actually happening in these interactions um, that I'm just, I'm glad that like there are people now talking about it. And, but like, yeah, I still will see those memes. And then it's like, I'll still see things. And I feel like sometimes things are like kind of client bashing, which I'm like, well, that's gross too. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just like, let's just keep it clean. You know, like let's, let's like- ways to elevate it. We just, I feel like we've held on to a lot of resentment and obviously it's gotten way worse this year because everyone's just, no one knows what to do with this year. Like mm-hmm. well, when we cancel New Year's, everyone needs to go into 2021 sober and well-rested and um, <laughs> because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, the client bashing always bothered me too, where people would be like, well, that's not what that means. That's not what foliage is or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, hold on. You're angry and resentful because you, you're just angry and resentful. You're taking it out on people that don't deserve Mm -hmm. it. And let's get to the root cause of why you're angry and resentful. Cause I can guarantee you it's not because Carol doesn't know what foliage is. Totally. And I feel like I can even put myself back into times in my life and be like, okay, I know when I was jabby and short with people because Mm -hmm. I had so much work to do on myself that it was easier to be like frustrated at like that kind of stuff, which when you get healthy, when you're not hungover, when you're like healthier and happier in your own life, you're like, oh my God, that's such a good question. I appreciate you asking. So when you schedule, it's actually the service you get. And I feel like that even kind of goes into being like, instead of being frustrated, why don't we simplify our service menus? Like, let's just keep getting better. Yeah. Why don't you set yourself up to not have to answer these questions? You know, why aren't there systems in place to do that? And that's why I'm such an advocate now for like online booking. There Mm -hmm. is no reason 
there is absolutely no reason why you should be answering emails or clients should be emailing you about needing an appointment and going back and forth, you know, about whatever they need at at midnight. There's no reason. (laughs) Set a system up in place and have these system systems just automated. You know, even, um, it's so funny. I went to one class that I learned so much tech stuff, like even text replacement on your iPhone, like make text replacement, like auto replies. So you can just type like a code word and it puts in your whole, like, you know, two paragraph spiel, you know? Yeah. There is no reason why we should be doing these things. And I think that's what is making us so angry and so resentful. And we go into the client bashing and the, well, I didn't take a lunch break for 12 years. Yeah. Cause you were answering emails that you didn't have to answer. Yeah. And that's the taking responsibility for like how we contributed to the, the, just the patterns, you know, like yeah. I showed up in a way that um, really like it's, it, it served me. Obviously, like, like I always love to think about like, well, what is, there's a reason why someone stays in a bad relationship. There's mm-hmm. a reason why, like it's serving some need. And I think for many years, the person I was like, it served so many of my needs. So that's why I stayed the way I did until it got so uncomfortable that like change was necessary. Right. And when you're going through the changing process, oh my God, it's so scary. It just feels like you're on fire and you can't put out the fire. And then all of a sudden you get into the the new space of where you were headed and everything becomes just a little bit clearer and a little bit easier. And it's the most relieving feeling. Um, yeah, no, you want to get out of the, I want to, I want to leave mid flame, but yeah. I feel like I have to stay through the, and so if people want to follow you, they want to like, have like learn from you. You said you like talk about your experiences. Mm-hmm. You like teach through your experiences. What, where can people keep up with you? And like, what do you have coming up? So I'm at Spencer Lane Artistry on Instagram. Um, I don't have, I mean, I post a lot of hair stuff, but if you read my captions, I post a lot about what my health is doing and about that traumatic experience. And it's, I love to talk to hairdressers and women about their health issues. I've had so many message me and be like, Oh my God, I have chronic fatigue. No one ever explained what that is. Like, how do I talk to my doctor about this? I'm not an expert in this by any means, but I will, I will call your doctor and make your own an appointment for you. Like I'm your mom. I'll do it. Hmm. And that's the best advice that I could really give anyone is like, go to the doctor, use your health insurance, you know, and, and take, and just take better care of your body. Like reschedule your appointments if you have to. No one's going to slash your tires. No one's going to key your car if you go to a doctor's appointment. Um, God, I, that's such a good note to end on because I do think we, for years, like it was like a cardinal sin to reschedule someone. And like people don't know what you showing up is costing you. I mm-hmm. always think about that. I always come back to that saying, nobody knows what this is costing you. And there's so Ooh. many times that it would have been in in my client's best interest for me to have rescheduled. And I feel like then the resentment builds, but that person would have been like, I don't want you to come in if you're going through that. Like right. we, we, we make so many assumptions. And I think that that is such a cool note to end on. I definitely am going to keep following you because I find you inspiring. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm an open book. I'm very honest about, you know, what's going on or like when I'm feeling sick or the things that I'm doing to help myself feel better. Um, 
but really, I mean, the most, the biggest things we've got going on is I'm just ready for Thanksgiving and I'm getting married, (laughs) you know, I'm just, I'm getting married next year and I've got a couple of trips planned that, you know, cross your fingers, we'll be able to go. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Congratulations. And thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.